You're going to get a ton of times when people tell you no. And you always hear this cliche, you really only need one yes. You can get a thousand of those no's. You almost need this bit of the ability to compartmentalize. You're like, okay, I'm going to go all in on this opportunity. I'm going to get to that point where I've done everything I can. And maybe it comes through, maybe it doesn't. But then I'm going to do the same thing again. And I'm going to do the same thing again for every different opportunity with the same passion until you get to the yes to kind of get you in the door. Don't pay attention to the no, iterate from the no's, but don't internalize the no's. Keep chasing the yes. How we doing out there, folks? This is your man with the plan, Kenny Vaughn, director of Breakline Apex. I am so excited to be back in this Breakline arena with my partner in crime. What is up, everybody? My name is Sophia. I am a talent recruiter here at Breakline, and welcome back to the Breakline Arena. We are about to share a pretty killer conversation. Am I right, Kenny, or am I right? Oh, man, I'm so excited because I had the privilege of sitting down with one of the most impressive uh, gentlemen that I've had a chance to talk to, Hassani Caraway. He is the general counsel at Notion. Um, but prior to that, he's just had this phenomenal career, amazing life. Um, Sophia, what do you love about this conversation? Oh my gosh. I mean, one, Hassani and Kenny were just having a good time. You could tell that, you know, they, they would be buds in, if it wasn't just in the Zoom world that they were having this conversation. But Hassani, he was super open about his background. So he's, we don't want to steal his thunder, but he started in computer science. He ended up going to law school, transitioned to the legal field, and has been helping tech companies sort of navigate this legal space. Um, and my favorite point that Hassani brought up was he was speaking to his time right after law school when he was at a law firm and you'll get to hear all about it but he was talking about when how you witness other people be mm. bold and try something new and fail and you learn it's okay if you fall down it's okay if it doesn't work um, and it liberates you from this fear of failure and in our culture we always are so attuned to, to celebrating successes um, and sort of shying away from talking about failures and he talked about how that experience especially within this industry it it taught him so much he learned that you could pivot you could jump you could leap mm, you could do whatever you on. wanted if you fail who cares dust come yourself on. off you learned something and we're moving forward and that was just you know what kenny that was exactly what i need to hear and i think our, our listeners are going to resonate with that as well so what about you this is why I love this conversation. And I look, I wish I could just sit down with Hassani every Friday, like to get my mind right, to rest and reset because the proof Hassani, is- Hassani, do you want to come hang out with us? Please, Hassani, if you're listening, please hit me up because this is just yes. great motivation. And the proof is in the pudding too, right? Like literally, yeah. not only has he like internalized all this wisdom, but now he is um, helping these companies go through these hyper growth periods. I mean, he joined Zendesk when they were at 400 employees. They grew over to 4,000. He's now at Notion where they are on a similar growth trajectory. So just mm -hmm. seeing him apply these skill sets in the workplace to do it so seamlessly and gracefully, shout out to Hassani. So um, on that note, I think it's time to give the listeners what they came here for. What you think, Ooh. Sophia? Should we dive right in? Let's dive right in. We will meet you guys in the Breakline Arena. Hassani, how are you doing today? Hey, uh, thanks. I'm, you know, happy to be here with the uh, Breakline community. So uh, really excited about our conversation today. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate you taking time to join us this morning. Um, you have such a fascinating story that it's almost difficult to pick and choose where to start. So I think we should just take it all the way back to the beginning. Um, I know you're from DC. I saw that you went to Prairie View, A&M and HBCU, studied computer science. Um, I would just love to hear a little bit more about your childhood, what got you interested in, in computer science um, and just learn a little bit more about who you are. In your origin story? Yeah, sure. So I think it goes back to 
um, you know, my parents for, you know, uh, I'm going to date myself a bit. Um, but when I was about five or six, uh, my parents decided to buy, you know, our first computer. And it was a Commodore 64. And back in the day, you know, it was just, you got like a computer. There's no like disk drive or anything. It took some cartridges and it, it, it read basic. And, you know, like my siblings and I, we would, you know, kind of interact with the computer and, and try to, um, you know, like it came with a few programs in the book and we type those in and try to change them and like it help you like change colors or so. But actually my mom, you know, kind of took it a step further. She took, you know, she took a computer science course that helped her learn, um, you know, about basic so that she could actually show, you know, myself and my siblings how to do stuff on a computer. And, you know, when she took that step, she was then able to kind of help us like write some programs and do things that just like really made it interesting. And from there, I was kind of hooked and I was, you know, like always trying to do something on a computer. And just as I got older, that interest really grew. So when it came time to pick a path after high school, you know, focusing on something related to computers and in and, and particular computer science, you know, kind of felt like a little bit of a uh, uh, you know, an easy choice for me because I was like, oh, this is something I like anyway. So I just want to learn more and do more. And so it didn't really feel, you know, like I was, you know, studying, but more like oh, I was learning something interesting. So, you know, we got to give a shout out to the moms because I absolutely love this story. I mean, the fact that, you know, your mom is out and now you're tinkering around with the, you said the Commodore 64. I said, okay, <laughs> I, I ain't even mad at you. Um, it's so cool to hear the seed that she planted. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about your experience at the HBCU studying computer science? What was, the, what was that like? Yeah, so, uh, you know, one interesting things, um, you know, studying computer science at, at HBCU is that, you know, at the time, you know, I feel like now there's a, you know, there's a little bit of like a renewed focus on, on you know, like increasing the pipeline from, from HBCUs and other minority serving institutions. But at the time, there wasn't that much of a focus, you know, especially from companies like in kind of in, in the, you know, Silicon Valley area or some of your other tech centers of Seattle or whatever. And a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, the job opportunities were like larger industrial companies, you know, like think like your Boeing's or Exxon's and, you know, who have huge technical teams. Um, and so, you know, that's what I was actually like, you know, kind of training for. Um, one of the interesting things you know, in my, in my study there, though, was I had a chance to do an internship out in the Bay Area at, you know, Lawrence Livermore National Labs, and that brought me to the San Francisco Bay Area, and, and when I, you know, like, once I got out here, it just gave me this opportunity to, like, oh, wait, what's happening out here? You know, like, I know I came out here to do this one thing, but there are all these other companies. There was, you know, this was the age of, like, Yahoo and, you know, Excite and, you know, kind of, you know, companies of, 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 you know, kind of web 1.0 era. And, you know, just, it really opened my eyes. And I think just like that exposure got me thinking a lot more about, you know, yeah, you know, like technology, you know, like has this big place in, you know, every company, but there are also these companies that are building cool things or trying to innovate in some, in some way that, you know, might be interesting for me to learn more about or me to, um, you know, me to do more, related to, you know, kind of later in my career. So that really planted that seed. Now, you know, I got to ask you, so you're originally from DC, you go to Prairie View, and now you have this eye-opening experience. What is it like when you first get to the Bay? Like, can you, can you just run me through? Because <laughs> I know some people, I spend a little bit of time in the Bay Area. I know folks who are thinking about transitioning into tech have spent some time. What was that first experience like? When you're coming from Texas and now going to the Bay for the first time, like, can you run me through, like, what's going through your head? <laughs> well, the, the the interesting thing about the Bay is, is everything's, like, so beautiful. You get there, you know, it's, like, all this greenery, the sun's out. It's just almost, you know, in most seasons, you get you get there. Um, and, but, you know, one of the things was that, like, I felt like you could feel, you know, some things about technology almost everywhere. Um, as part of my you know, as part of, you know, kind of my initial training for my internship, they sent me to a course in, you know, in San Francisco, and I, you know, take Bart out there, and you get off, and, you know, everywhere, you know, um, you know, I was, you know, in a course with other, you know, people from, you know, who were doing software development, or, or you know, we were focusing on learning this particular language, and so, you know, everything 
that you interacted with or, you know, like there were people who were doing something in technology. So it just got, it, it normalized it a little bit more um, for me. And that, I think that that was, you know, um, that was important in, in terms of just like making me understand, like, okay, wait, this isn't something that's like, okay, there's only like a small group of people doing something. And it's like, no, there's a ton of people in this industry. And, you know, there's a whole kind of ecosystem around it. And this is something worth investing my time and in, in trying to get into more, more uh, diligently. So. so I appreciate you sharing that because I can only imagine what it was like with the tech 1.0, you know, you're seeing the yahoos, you're seeing just this boom and you're getting a chance to be a part of this growing industry. And this is, this is where I really wanted to, to unpack your story a little bit more because you're in this space, you're making these moves and then you have a pivot. And I think this is something that's really cool to just share, especially with our breakline community because I know a lot of folks on this call are, are, are potentially transitioning from one field to another. And you transitioned from computer science into the law field. You went and got your JD from, you know, from NYU. And, and my question is, is these are two very difficult things from two very diff different spaces. Like what was it that compelled you to make this hard pivot and then just switch into the legal field? Yeah, so, you know, when I was, um, you know, more on the computer science and on the technology side, I started to get interested in, like, what happens after something's developed? Like, hey, it's great, you know, there's a, a vision for what we need to make, and, you know, like, let's make it. But then I, was, I started really thinking, like, how does someone, you know, build, protect, you know, a business on top of that? And, you know, this was also happened to be in the era of, you had a lot of the... Um, some of like the Linux related, you know, copyright cases with people suing, you know, companies that were using like open source software. And that just really also kind of focused me on how, you know, you could either use, you know, the, the you know, kind of legal skills to either like enable innovation, you know, like you saw when people were, you know, developing open source licenses and trying to find ways to make development easier, or you can actually use it to stifle innovation in some ways where you saw people or, or protect you know, depending on your point of view, protect your, your rights. But you kind of really saw what some people saw as like abuse where people were going after, you know, large companies that happen to use a lot of, you know, servers with this particular operating system. And, and, you know, and I just got really interested in like, wait, you know, all these things that people think about developing and making it easier, that's all great. But then there's this whole other side of, you know, not just, you know, like, how do you do something, but like, how does, you know, someone make sure they have the right to do it and that they're not, you know, worried about someone, you know, coming after them later and asking for, you know, like a large settlement or a large licensing fee. So that just opened my eyes to, wait, there's a lot more technology than purely on the, you know, development side. There's this whole business, you know, side where you got marketing and, you know, sales and in my case, legal. And I was like, okay, I want to really combine these skills that I have like, yeah, I, I know something in one area, but I want to really transition that in a way to apply that in a different way. And, you know, and, you know, that's what got me interested in like, okay, law school seems like a good path to get there. And I can, you know, bring something hopefully unique to the table, um, you know, by combining that training with my prior experience. And, um, you know, from there, I, you know, just decided, okay, let me, let's, let's do the work, you know you know, so start studying for, uh, you know, all the tests and doing all the work there. But, um, but yeah, that was, a, you know, that's what really kind of like sparked my interest. And then from there, you just start reading a little bit more and you start trying to understand a little bit more about what that career looks like and finding people to talk to or, or listen to, uh, you know, at the time or read. I, you know, I was just, I, it was back in the day where, you know, bookstores were a bigger thing. So I could go to a bookstore and like, okay, what can I read about intellectual property law and just, you know, sit in the bookstore and try to take stuff in and figure out what that career might look like. And, and so that's what, you know, just kind of kept the wheels turning for me. So I appreciate you sharing that. And one of the themes that I'm just seeing throughout the course of just your professional career is just like this almost insatiable curiosity. And just from the story that you're telling about, you know, the Commodore 64 and just kind of tinkering around with that, you know, 
going to the bookstore and checking out, you know, just the law books and, and just trying to figure out how the, the industry actually works and the nuts and bolts behind it. This is absolutely one of our core beliefs here at Breakline is that excellence is transferable. And I would love to hear a little bit more as you were making this transition into the legal field, were there moments where you like felt this overlap of like, wow, like I've developed this really deep skill set in computer science, but you know, some of these traits are now helping me gain a deeper insight into the legal field as well. Can you kind of share how those dots connected with you? Yeah, sure. So, so the interesting thing about like the two areas is that, you know, I, I think both of them have, you know, this ideal that there's like specialized language that's used, you know, in, in the field. And I, and I think you'll probably find that with a lot of industries. You're like, okay, you know, I can, you know, what we're doing is X, but in order to make it work for a computer, I need to write it in a language that, you know, that it can strictly interpret. It's like, you know, do this one thing, then do this other thing, or otherwise do this other thing. So like, it's just like very literal. And I think that some parts of the law, you know, have elements of that where you're, you're looking like, if you're thinking about like, you're writing a contract, you want it to be like pretty literal that ideally you don't have a lot of ambiguity when somebody's looking at it later. So that's, you know, like that was like an immediate connection for me. Obviously they're, you know, they're different, but I could just at least put on a different hat and say, okay, I need to learn. How do I, you know, how do I write the language that I need to, how do I interpret the language that I'm looking at the same way I might, if I'm trying to figure out what, you know, like a piece of a software, you know, does or where there's a, where there's a particular issue and, you know, you're running tests the same way you might when you're looking through something you drafted where you're trying to think about scenarios that might not be covered. So you're just like, you really try to make as much of that analogy, you know, like as possible. And when I went to, you know, cause, and I'll, and I'll be honest, you even, you know, when I went to law school, I, you know, I studied on the technical side in undergrad. So I wasn't, I wasn't as big of a, you know, like, hey, I'm taking any more English or humanities courses than I need to take. I was like, okay, what do I absolutely need to do? All right, done. You'll never see me again. So, you know, little did I know kind of at that time, like, you know, I made the decision to go to law school, you know, after, a little bit after I completed my degree. So I was like, oh, wow, you know, I happened to choose a, a, a path that I, I, you know, probably should have taken more of these courses just, but, you know, again, you know, so I was like, okay, I gotta, you know, I'm, I'm here. So like need to figure out how to, how to kind of make the best of it and how to, you know, put this in whatever terms that, you know, like I could understand. And, 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 and I'll be honest, you know, um, one thing is far about transitions can be a bit tough, you know? So like for me, like kind of like that first semester when I first got in, it was rough because, you know, like you're kind of used to like, Hey, you know, like outlines fine. Like people know what I'm trying to say and, you know, like, but you get to this, you know, you get to an environment where people speak a bit of a different language, you know, people approach problems and approach, approach explaining it differently. So, you know, you, you know, like it took me a good semester to kind of observe and understand and, you know, like, you know, kind of iterate on my approach to whether it was like, you know, like how I was writing answers for, for, for class or for tests or and how I was interacting or how I was thinking through like the materials and I think that, you know, giving yourself that, you know, I tried to, you know, I mean, obviously, like at that time, you're just like, oh, I want to get this right away. But in retrospect, I'll say, because, you know, I think many of us, you know, like if, if you're used to like, you're really passionate about what you do and used to it working out, then you're not always going to give yourself that space to, to learn. You're just going to immediately expect, you know, kind of success or, or, you know, that you'll, you'll, you know, kind of function like everyone who's been doing it for a while. But I think being patient with yourself, as long as you're putting in that, you know, that effort and you're iterating, you're learning, you're talking to new people to understand, okay, how did you do this? Like what, you know, what were the secrets that helped you and, you know, people that may have traveled that path before just really helped me acclimate, you know, better to the environment and to, you know, kind of find my footing. And then was like, okay, now I'm, you know, by the time I get to the second semester, now I'm more comfortable. You know, I know, yeah, you know, you get that, you're like, now I know how to say and apply the things that I'm, you know, the things that I, I'm thinking of my, my type of analysis in a way that's also understood by, you know, whether it's a professor or, you know, uh, TAs or whoever's looking, um, you know, looking at your materials. So, you know, I, I was getting ready to move us to, to the next topic, but before I do, I just, 
this was such a significant transition. And I wanted to just ask you, what do you think was the biggest lesson that you learned about yourself through this process? And I know you started to touch on it just there a, a second ago, but would love to just hear from your perspective as you made this hard pivot, what's something that you learned about yourself that you're like, man, like I didn't realize that it was gonna be this difficult, but now that it has, this is what I've learned about myself. Yeah, um, I think I think the biggest thing is that, you know, I, and I would say, you know, believe it or not, I would say I, you know, like I felt like writing and stuff was like my weakest subject going into law school. And so like, I really felt um, and learned that if I attack the thing that I feel like I'm the weakest at, you know, that you can, you know, you can make like, you know, like these step improvements, you know, it's going to take a lot of work, you know, and, and, you know, many days I'm like, why did I pick a career where, <laughs> you know, the thing I, I, I felt, you know, previously naturally not, that wasn't my strength becomes the thing I need to do the most, you know, kind of every day. But I think that like embracing that challenge and, and, you know, just you build that confidence that like, I can do this thing that I previously thought, you know, maybe was outside of my wheelhouse, but, you know, I just have to, you know, like really focus on it and, you know, give myself enough time to, 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 to learn the ropes and to do the, you know, and to actually do the work. It might take me, you know, a little bit longer on some things than, than maybe it takes other people, especially initially, but I'm going to, you know, like, that's not a reason not to, you know, not to, not to look to persevere through it. Attack the weaknesses. I absolutely love how you put that. So now you have this amazingly unique skill set. You've got this CS background. You've got your JD. Um, would love to hear about your experience as you're now entering tech. Um, I know you were at Zendesk. When you got there, Zendesk was a much smaller company than it is now. I know you got there, it was around 400 employees by the time you left. It had gone through an IPO and was up to 4,000. Um, can you share more about that journey? Because I can only imagine the roller coaster ride that that was just being at this growth stage company. You're in the legal space. You've got the CS background. Can you kind of share what it was like being at that growth stage at Zendesk? Yeah, well, before we even before we even go there, you know, the, so the first thing, maybe go back to first sure. thing I did outside of law school, right? is once I, once I left law school, I knew kind of going in that I wanted to, I was like, I want to work with technology companies. That's the whole reason I'm going there. So I actually went to, um, you know, I decided to start my career at a law firm in the Bay Area that focused on serving, you know, um, technology, uh, you know, focused companies. And that, you know, gave me like, gave mm -hmm. me a lot of the bridge and introduction to, you know, like act the actual companies and how people, uh, you know, how people thought about growth, how people thought about building, but even there, you know, like you're, you know, I felt like I was constantly putting myself in, in situations where I was a, a fish out of water. You know, mm. I think ultimately that ended up being a good thing because every time you, you know, you go to a new environment, you have to adapt in some way or to survive. Right. So, so, and I was, I went from, you know, law school to this law firm, uh, you know, that just like focused almost purely on technology companies, uh, venture capital funds and things like that. And, you know, I walked in that door and like everything was again, brand new, right? Like all the stuff you talk about in law school, you know, was like, I, you know, I went to law school in the East coast. So everyone, you know, maybe like the, the thing is like, you're going to go to New York or DC and kind of start your career. You're going to focus on policy or, you know, you're going to represent what, you know, whatever, like Procter and Gamble or something like that. Right. Um, you know, and I come out to the Bay area and, you know, people just focus totally different. You're like, okay, there's some company it has got like 40 people and this is our client. Like, I don't, I don't quite understand. Like, you know, you have these like really passionate leaders for those companies and they're talking about stuff that you're like, this doesn't exist. And like, what are we talking about? And, you know, you're about to, people are going to give you money for this. You know, you so you just like you go through all of these things that you have to kind of, you know, like pinch yourself to believe because I think, you know, not not, you know, not kind of being around, you know, that type of environment before or at least growing up, you know, other than like I said, my brief experience, you know, when I was out for an internship, you just like, you're like, wait, people and people give you millions of dollars and you do not have your thing built yet. That really happens. And, and, you know, I'm, so, like, I'm, so, I'm just laughing with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, 
So think about, you know, so it's like, this feels natural to people in tech and all this other stuff, but like, you know, go elsewhere in the country and like, just like go to whatever the coffee shop is and tell somebody that people be like, what? No, that's not happening. So, um, you know, but it was really happening. You know, I'm working on it. Like they're paying the law firm at, you know, you're seeing the deals, just seeing the wires go through. You're like, no, that was real money. Um, so like, you know, like one, just like, like understanding, okay, well, what, what is it that people are, you know, like, why are they, why are people doing this? You know, like why are people investing? Why are people, why are people, you know, putting part of their career in some of these, in some of these opportunities in, you know, the great thing about working with a ton of clients, you see the, it's just like every other business. There's a, a huge, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a the huge part of the top of the funnel, right. Where, you know, companies are coming in, but then, you know, you see that some of them make it and some of them don't. So you, so you get to see a little bit of that, but then you see that the companies that make it like, you know, I, you know, they can eventually do some amazing things. They're eventually able to collect talent. They're able to like, you know, like figure out their, their market. They're able to build that product kind of with that talent they collect. And you, you see, okay, well, there's something here. And the other thing is it, it helps to kind of like humanize you know, a lot of company stories. I think that if you feel like you're not outside looking in, often you can look at people as like these giants that are like superhuman or whatever. But, you know, work with the company through that cycle and you'll get to know the humans, you know, who are part of that building. And then you understand, okay, well, I'm a human too. So like I can do, I can contribute. I can do similar stuff. There isn't some innate, you know, thing that, you know, someone's necessarily born with that, is you know like like makes something you know that someone else can do that's something that I can like learn or, or contribute to myself and so like that was just like a really fundamental um, like a fundamental introduction that gave me a seat to to at least see a large number of these of these enterprises versus maybe if I went if I came to the bay and I just like worked at one company and didn't have that that chance to see like to like learn that lesson of seeing people succeed seeing people fail seeing people kind of do something in between, seeing people pivot, you know, seeing all of those, those different um, permutations just really gave me the understanding that like, okay. And even if, you know, if I, whenever I decide to leave the law firm, even if it doesn't work out, you know, you pivot, you go somewhere else, you make another choice, but like, you know, in, you know, I feel like some parts of technology and working in the industry are embracing some of that risk. Right, like you, you may be trying to do something that someone hasn't done, even if you're at a more established company. And yeah, it doesn't always succeed. Like think of, you know, you think of big companies, you know, Google's of the world, whatever. You know, they've all introduced stuff that's failed, you know, spectacularly, right? And so if if you can, you know, like if you can kind of, you know, internalize that, yeah, people aren't afraid to fail, then you can also internalize that for yourself of you know, not being afraid to fail. And that just like opens up a lot of doors for you when you get comfortable with that. So. So I really love the fact that you share this with the group, because I think this is something that is unique to the tech industry that a lot of people outside the industry don't understand or don't really conceptualize. And one of the questions that I want to ask you before we move on to Zendesk was, was this an intentional pit stop for you? Did you, was this part of did you, did you have a plan in place in terms of wanting to get this experience and see this exposure before you dove into an actual tech company? Or um, did this all happen serendipitously? Because yeah. I know some people are playing. I'm a planner. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I want this to happen. Then I want this to happen. Then this is going to happen next. And then it's going to be perfect. And then it never works out like that. So for you, was this a very planned out and methodical kind of career roadmap? Or was it more a serendipitous kind of natural progression of things? Yeah, well, I knew I wanted to go and definitely start a law firm first because it, it just provided this really, really structured training. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, you know, there, there are terrible parts. Like, you know, I'm sure everyone's kind of, you know, everyone's going to have that, that, you know, kind of those experiences where you're like, hey, you know, like I'm going to learn something in a really structured environment. I may not enjoy how I learn it. I may not enjoy the, you know, every part of it, but, you know, but I'm getting better. And, and that was like, you know, for me, that was, um, why I wanted to go to, you know, a law firm prior to, you know, taking the next steps, because it would just give me a lot of the core skills, a lot of core understanding of, 
you know, like what needs to be done to really fulfill my role as an attorney, you know, above all else. Cause that's the thing you want to do is you want to, you want to make sure you're, that was where I could build my excellence, you know, in the field. And so you want to have that experience where you can, you have that chance to hone your excellence before you need to go apply it in just like kind of the Swiss army knife way or whatever, where you're, where you're being a little bit of a jack of all trades. And so, um, you know, it really gave me that opportunity. It also gave me the chance to, to, like I said, really meet a number of different, you know, types of clients, types of, you know, um, companies to start getting more comfortable with a lot of the language. When I got to, you know, I had, you know, by the time I finished law school, so I understood like legal language, but then I didn't understand the world of, of technology and the world of like, okay, what are people talking about? Like product market fit? What are people talking about with, you know, like, you know, customer journeys, you know, all of these different, you know, all these different terms that, you know, were unfamiliar to me from, you know, before and, and, you know, I would encounter them and I would, of course, I would, wouldn't know what they meant at first. And you're just kind of in that, you know, either say like, Oh, you know, can you repeat that? You know, just cause you, you, first time you encounter a term, you may not even know, like, wait, what did someone just say? And if I got a little bit more detail than great, if not, I was right, fiercely kind of right now in the margins of my notes or whatever. And I was like, Hey, here are the things I need to go you know, go on, you know, the, the web tonight and like at least have some basic understanding of what they are. Um, you know, I, I always had this rule that like, hey, the first time I'm, I'm okay, the first time I encounter something and I don't know what it is, but like, it's my job that the second time it comes to me, you know, I at least have a basic understanding. I'm not going to be an expert, but I'm going to know enough to know what someone's talking about, know how that connects to the conversation and ideally be able to, you know, be able to have input in that conversation or be able to you know, participate. So, you know, that's, you know, like, like that just gave me, you know, basically, you know, whatever, 15 hours a day of that, you know, so, and, you know, day in, day out or whatever. So I think that it ultimately really kind of set me up in a position where I could then explore the next opportunity and really apply some of that in a different way. So this context is tremendously helpful because I think it directly correlates to the subsequent success um, that you experienced both not only at Zendesk, but now at Notion. So um, can you walk us through like what it's like being at a hyper growth company? Like what's the day-to-day like? What are those conversations like from a legal perspective? Like where is your mind and how are you trying to make sure you're protecting the company around the edges? Um, What's that experience like? Yeah, so it's, you know, the, the, the really interesting thing is when I joined Zendesk, it was, you know, like the, the company was a lot smaller than it was, you know, ultimately when I, before I, before I moved on a notion. So we were about 400 employees and, it, you know, um, fewer offices, fewer people. You kind of felt like you knew most of the people at the company, at least by sight. Um, you know, while we were distributed, uh, you know, a little bit across the world, everyone came to San Francisco for training. So you ran into people, you know, um, I think that, one of the most interesting things about that opportunity that really kind of let me start thinking about, you know, a lot of different, um, you know, a lot of different risks that, that might be there that I wouldn't have before was that, you know, when I joined, I, you know, immediately started, um, you know, working on the, the IPO process and I was a corporate, you know, securities, you know, attorney by training. So that's, you know, until then a lot of my head was there, but, Throughout this process, what you really have to do is you have to, you know, you're writing and helping to put together this document that like the general public will see when they're deciding about investing in the company. So you have to learn all of the other areas. You know, this opened this opportunity for me to have conversations with leaders across the company from like marketing to sales to product and engineering. And just like was this, this fire hose of information, but also this fire hose of context that helped ground me in, yeah, I'm not just here thinking about the sets of issues that I might have, you know, if I was at the firm and I was just thinking about, okay, what are securities laws and what do we need to think about? But I was really thinking about like, wait, how does this work? Like, how do we, who are we serving? Like, who do we sell, you know, our product to? How do they use our product? What are they, you know, what are their, the competitor, you know, thinking? What are competitors offering? Why are we better? Just like, all of these innate questions that like just give you context for everything else you do. Um, it really, you know, provided this process by which I was able to, to, you know, like acquire, 
you know, some of that understanding from, you know, like the experts at the company. And that really opened my eyes to start thinking about some of the risks in those areas because, you know, like, and, you know people will share. The people who think about these things all day, they're always thinking, of, you know, like this is, you know, their job. So they're thinking about what keeps them up at night. And, you know, when they share some of that with you, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And you might say, well, okay, well, why is that a risk? And, you know, you can, you get a little bit of that back and forth. And what, what I found is that like people who are really passionate about, you know, about their job, which is like, you know, the other thing that I really like about, you know, a lot of the, the, the growth technology companies is that people aren't just there because they're like, oh, this is a job. I think they're really passionate and interested in the things that they're doing. And that means they're happy to share if you're also passionate and interested. And that gave me, you know, just this, um, this, you know, this, this chance to learn about, you know, what some of those risks were just like really laying the foundation for a lot of the rest of my time there. Um, you know, and, you know, you're working on, we're working on this IPO process that's going in parallel. These still got your day-to-day job. The company's growing. It's like, Hey, we need a new office in some city. <laughs> we need like a new floor. Like we're hiring more people just like, you know, your day-to-day stuff. You're like, we, you know, we've got a vendor that's going to provide us with snacks, whatever, you know, it's just like, there's stuff to be done, you know, and at a fast growing company, you're like, you're two hands and, you know, you're, it's like, hey, you're going to help out or, or not. So, um, so actually, I think that was, a, you know, that was this, this, you know, like amazing ride to, to be on where, you know, things are coming up that maybe no one's really well suited to, to you know, this is I've done this before. So you're like, okay, like, how about me? You know, I'll, I'll raise my hand. I'll do that. And what you get from that experience is now you're the person who's done this the most, which is, you know, once no one else is, everyone else has done it zero, but when it's time to do something similar again, they're like, you're the expert. So now you've done it twice. They've done it three times, et cetera. And you start building these collections of those, like I put my hand up and I was able to do this thing. And I, you know, and then I became like, you know, the person who internally did it enough times when I started understanding more questions. And then now you, you know, now you're building this new set of skills, this new expertise that, you know, I feel like, if I was, you know, if I went to maybe a role where there wasn't some of that, you know, a little bit of that chaos or a little bit of that, uh, you know, of that need for people to, to really volunteer, I mean, I've, you know, had those same opportunities. So I love the fact that you are being so transparent about this experience, because <laughs> I think there are a lot of situations in life where like, you're looking around the room and like, nobody knows what's going on. And like, you're the person that's like, how about me, you know? And and just to hear you break it down in that kind of way, and but also share like, hey, this is this can develop into a superpower because now you have this. You may have one more iteration, but that's one more than anyone else in the space. And I just think the mindset that you took into it is just very fascinating and super cool. And and that's something that I'm just taking as a personal note for myself. Um, you mentioned as you're in this cross-functional role, looking at all the spaces across the company, people are coming to you with their information, they're telling you where, where the company is going, you're preparing this document, folks are telling you what's keeping them up at night. I would love to hear during that time, was there anything that kept you up at night? Because I can imagine you're taking in a bunch of information and that's gotta be a little bit of a pressure cooker, at least a little. Um, so how about yourself? Like, was there anything that kept you up? I mean, of course, <laughs> um, you know, you, you're going to have things that you're like, one, you don't know what you don't know. And so like when you're, when you're a person who's thinking about some, whatever brand of risk that you're responsible for managing, and especially when, you know, things are moving quickly, you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of people who are working in the, you know, highly, you know, like, like independent in terms of the things that they're doing. And so just by that nature, sometimes, things on one side move faster than you might understand or might know about. So, you know, so like for me, one, you have to get comfortable with, you know, things aren't going to be perfect and you're not going to, you, you never, you never solve every issue. You know, you, you try to solve the, you know, otherwise you go crazy every day. So you, you figure out what are the, you know, what are the biggest issues with the highest likelihood to happen? And, and, that, and that's how you're like, that's what the, what I should focus on. That's where I should attack. And then you got to go down a list. Of, okay, what are the, 
these are really likely and maybe not as big. And, you know, you start kind of working on that. And the ones that are like, you're like, this is not likely to happen. Maybe the impact isn't that big. You realize you may not get to those. You may understand them. You may say, here's what we need to, like, we need to over time develop, you know, like a way to mitigate them. But, um, but yeah, there's just things that, I, I mean, maybe by nature I was going to, I was thinking about, but I, um, you know, like you learn to, you learn to, to, to figure out what's kind of in the, in the realm of, you know, like where you can apply your resources to manage. So, so you've, you've gone on this journey with Zendesk, you're at Zendesk for seven years. Um, you work your way up to general counsel at Zendesk. Um, what was it that caused you to then pivot to Notion? Um, would love to hear more about what, what led you to that. Because Notion at the time, so when you joined Notion, Notion was around 50 people. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, about that. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I got to hear what led to this. Because, you, you know, you've just made it through this, you know, complete growth stage. Like you, you're there and things are getting steady. And then Notion. So just would love to hear your thoughts as how that happened. How did that unfold? <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I happened to, you know, get introduced to to Ivan, who's the CEO of Notion, and Akshay, who's the CEO, who's the CEO of Notion, and you know, we initially was just, you know, you just have, you know, people you run into kind of in the in you know in the the you know technology space, and you know, you're chatting, and you know, they're telling me about kind of their vision, and just over the course of some of those conversations, I was like, wow, there's a really interesting product vision here, like. Um, you know, I was at Zendesk is a you know amazing company, amazing SaaS platform, and and when I saw Notion, I was like, oh, they're looking to to kind of iterate on what SaaS looks like today. Like a lot of tools, you know, that were out there, like purpose built built for like here's the one thing you can do, or here are a couple of things that you're able to do. And and at Notion, they were looking to build something that was you know a lot more customizable, where people could adapt their workspace. And the things that they needed for whatever for the job that they had, or however they wanted to work, or how their organization worked. Yeah, you know, I just found out I was like, wow, that's an interesting concept because I was separately. And it's just like you know the, the most minor of things. Like you know, whenever when I was working, you know, my role at Zendesk, I would constantly face this issue where I was like, okay, I got all this information I want to pull together. Like I want text, I want a chart. I mean, I want like a table here. I want you know, I want the ability to have these multiple data types that like, I was like, they're separate Microsoft application, they're separate Google parts of the platform for this. Like, why can't I have a, a table here and uh, you know, text I want here and you know, something from like a slideshow here. And why can't I put that on one page? So it's all connected. And I was just, you know, just like, you know, you just kind of think about this problem yourself. And, and actually when I, um, you know, when I started talking with Ivan and Akshay, they, you know, and they showed me the product or, you know, pointed me to where I could look at I was like, wow, I can, this thing I've been worried about, like that I'm not working, like this product actually does that. I was like, I was like, that's amazing. And that just like really, you know, like I got that part of the product immediately. And I was like, okay, like you can customize, you know, some of the things you're working on to look like your vision. And I was like, oh, I, I want to learn more. And then as I learned a little bit more about just like how passionate, you know, the, you know, their user base and their customer base was, you know, I just took a look online and you just see, you know, like people really care about the product. So when something's going great, people are going to really, you know, talk about it. When something, you know, when a company's maybe not meeting where they want it, people are going to talk about it. But that's passion. It's, it's one thing if no one cares about what you're doing at all, but people really cared about this product. And I was like, for such a small company to have this, this type of footprint, this type of following, I was like, they, they're, there's something here. And so that just like made me more interested in, you know, learning more about how are people using this product and where can this actually go, you know, like over time? And there, of course, the conversation just really started to understand like, okay, there's a lot of work here and this is going to be hard. But if, you know, it's like, if we could pull this off, if I join, we pull this off, this would be like a, you know, like a, like a, like a, a, a significant shift in how people work. And, you know, just over the course, it was, you know, kind of during, you know, it was over the course of the last year. And so you had a lot of people moving to working asynchronously, you know, being distributed, needing to share information. And so the company 
was really, um, you know, people were, was really on the radar for a lot of people who were trying to solve like today's work problem. And, you know, and, and, and you know, the more I thought about it, it's like, it's not just during, you know, a time when people are working remote, but like the next phase will be people working in a hybrid manner or, you know, more distributed, whatever that looks like. I was like, you can't necessarily use the same tools that you were using when you just expected that, like, we're all going to be in a room and we're going to put up a presentation and that's going to work. you got to really think about, you know, a tool that kind of fits, um, you know, fits the, you know, fits the working environment of like today and tomorrow. And, you know, that just like, like, that's what drew me in the, the, the product itself. And then as I started meeting people, you know, that just, just, you know, just kind of like really cemented my decision. And, you know, that the, the, the company was really trying to build this, you know, this community of, of not only users and, 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 you know, customers, but even like the employee base and building something special. Um, and so, you know, I was like, okay, like sign me up. You know, what's funny is I was just, I was trying to hold in a chuckle over here because we have a teammate, Zane Kanab, who, who has this phrase, you know, there's a 2% chance that this, that this may happen, but if it does, <laughs> and, and, and as you were talking, I was literally thinking how, you know, sometimes the organization just takes on like these massive challenges. They take on these complex things, but you realize if this happens, we could significantly change the way things are done. And I think it was so cool how you, how you just went into it with that mindset and were already kind of calibrated that way. Um, and just from, you know, reading about Notion, you know, hearing about like phenomenal impact that the company is already having. So I think it's just cool that that was just part of your, your, your default state is, hey, we're going to try to take the, the big risks and the big challenges. You know better than anyone else that the tech industry is a dynamic, ever-evolving industry. Um, as the general counsel at Notion, I would just love to hear from your perspective, what are some of the things that are top of mind for you as you're thinking about the future, not only of your organization, but just across the industry, things that, you know, um, we should be thinking about? Yeah, so, you know, maybe just like stepping away from just maybe the pure tech part for a second. You know, I think that, you know, I think that, you know, like organizations and companies that, you know, make massive impacts, you know, get a chance to, to kind of, you know, um, set a tone for, you know, um, you know, set a tone for the future. So things that people see, you know, within a company as like successful, people emulate that in different parts of their lives. And I, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about Notion is that they're really been building, you know, this, this, you know, this community and this employee base that looks like the world, looks like the country. And, you know, and I think that's like really powerful in technology when you don't always see that. And I, I think that, you know, like that just adds a lot more fuel to my day-to-day, -day, like desire to, to, to make sure I'm like giving my hundred percent because, you know, if, you know, if, like I said, if you could, if we could pull this off, you know, not only do people think about the tool, but people also think about, you know, like the values that the company stands for and people start to adopt those and people look at those as being a part of the success as much as, as much as the product. And so like, when I think about like, you know, like, Hey, how do I want to build, you know, the legal team? How do I want to, you know, how do I want to interact with our, you know, outside counsel? Like what's important to me there? What's important within the, the legal community? What's important with what I'm contributing to? Like, you know, Notion is definitely one of those places where I feel like I can kind of have those multiple prongs of impact where like, sure, you want to work for a company and you want it to be successful. And, you know, like um, no one, you know, no one wants, um, you know, that more than me. But I think the other thing that you really want is you want to also, you know, make sure you're kind of contributing to, you know, the right values becoming elevated, you know, and I think, you know, you'll see different, you know, different companies will come with their different philosophies. And I think that like, it's important that, um, you know, it's, I think it's important that we, you know, like uh, focus in, in hopefully the companies that I think have a more inclusive philosophy, you know, um, you know, help to kind of shape the future. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I want to dive into some of these questions because we've got some great questions coming in. Um, Joshua Clark would like to know, do you still study computer science concepts in your free time? You know, like, is this, is this something that you still, are you maintaining this skill set? Like, yeah, we got to know, like, what, 
Is, is this something that you're carrying with you? <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer because I because you know the the engineering team with the company would definitely test me if I said yes, absolutely not. <laughs> um, you know, like I still I still maintain that interest, and so it's one of those things where I, I you know I, I like to consider it where I don't get lost in you know I, I won't get lost in in conversations about technology, but you know I don't know like the newest you know, like development techniques and language and stuff like that. But I, um, you know, I have a high interest. It's just that, you know, I can't go as deep as, you know, people who are doing it all day to day, Mike. But you say, but you still dabble though. You say you still yeah. dabble. I, I, I know enough to, to, you know, stay a part of conversation. <laughs> he said, I just might know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> all right. Well, our next question comes from Medea Williams, who's also a, a fellow legal eagle. Um, he says, while attacking your weakness, what type of feedback did your, what did your manager or your leadership provide? Yeah. So, um, you know, what you really want is, is transparent feedback. And, you know, like when, um, you know, especially working through like, um, you know, like whether it was like through law school or when I started the firm and, and other opportunities, you know, people were good at telling me where I really needed to, you know, invest more time. Right. Like some of it was, you know, and I'll, I'll just give you, like some of it for me was like presentations, like how do you, and not, and not just like, oh, standing up, but just how you present your ideals, you know, like in a room of people and, you know, exert some influence over how they might be considering, um, you know, a particular decision and just like really focusing on that. You know, I did things like, um, you know, like if I had to work on a presentation, like I would go over that myself and tape it and I would listen to it over and over and so just like you you know just like you learn the main ideals in a book you're listening to or a song or whatever like I'm gonna make sure I'm learning the things you know that relate to what I want to convey and that I feel like is second nature and it's like ingrained in my my head not only just ingrained there ingrained in my own voice and you know just like really focusing on okay I might know all the information but if I can't you know communicate it well to other people then, you know, it's not going to go very far. So those are, yeah, like, I mean, those were very specific points of feedback that, you know, like I received at different parts of my career. And I, you know, I mean, I still do that today. If I have something big, I'm, I'm going to go over it. I'm probably going to take myself. I'm going to be driving around and listen to myself, you know, say something about, you know, something that's totally, you know, probably boring, but like, you know, but, 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 you know, kind of focused on my work. So. So I love the fact that you had the transparency to share that because I think it is so easy to see, you know, successful people and just assume that, man, there's just this natural talent or just must, it must be so easy. But um, just listening to hear how you've put the reps in. And I know as we're thinking about our breakline community, this is exactly a core tenant and pillar that we espouse to. Um, and just to hear that something that you still do to this day um, is, is very heartening and fulfilling. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, it looks like uh, Byron Terry has a question as well. It says, have you ever worked with someone who didn't have a tech background? And if so, um, what advice would you give them for someone who is, what, what advice would you have for those folks who are coming from non-tech backgrounds in order to be successful, hit the ground running and, and have a seamless transition? Yeah, so I think, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, I think it's important to really focus on if you're coming from, you know, your transition from a different industry is like, what are the, and, you know, what are the, the elements of the things that you've done before, which are going to be useful for, you know, in the, in the type of role that you're looking to be and regardless of what, you know, the, 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 the company might be in a technology industry. I think that, uh, you know, like it, it, some of it is, you know, it's gotta be a two-way street. Like you're looking to adapt your experience, but you also need the person who's evaluating your candidacy to be looking at, you know, you know, from a broader context of not just like, oh, I've got a checklist. Did you work with this technology? Check, check, check or whatever. Um, I think that like, you know, I think that the, the things, you know, just as a, you know, person who's done some hiring and, and things like that, the things that you can't teach like you can teach someone about a particular industry, about a particular technology. You can't teach some of like that innate drive, that innate curiosity, that innate resilience. So, you know, if you can really focus on like those opportunities where you've, you know, exercised those types of skills, because when I'm going into, 
you know, a situation where I don't know what's ahead, like at Notion, you know, like, hey, you know, we could be in a different competitive landscape in six months, you know, like, you know, who knows what challenges are ahead. I want someone that's got that resilience and it's not like, oh, wow, these the things aren't as great as, as, I, as I thought they were, they aren't as easy, you know, like, let me, you know, look to bail or like, hey, I want to step back. I want someone who's like, no, let's like, what do we need to do? What do I need to learn? What are the different skills I need to pick up? And, you know, we often don't communicate that well enough in job descriptions, but I think that those are the kinds of things that when I'm actually looking to hire someone, I think are just as important as experience with the direct thing that, you know, um, someone may, you know, may need you to interact with or from a technology side or even just in a similar business. Mm. I want to see if we can squeeze in maybe one or two more questions. Um, as I think about our breakline community, um, we serve three distinct communities right now. We serve veterans, we serve women, we serve people of color, um, all communities of which are underselected within the tech industry. Um, I would love to hear from your experience as someone who has started from the ground up and navigated to the highest levels within the industry. What has that experience been like for you as a black man trying to navigate your professional career in this space? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, comes when you're trying to, you know, you might be entering something where, you know, like maybe a lot of people don't necessarily look like you or, you know, have your, you know, like your type of experience coming in, you know, is that like you have to, you know, you find yourself, I would say, like, like I mentioned, doing some of that, like that work to make sure you understand what's happening there to like, you know, understand, like, how do I navigate this particular situation? How do I make sure I'm a doer? You know, how do I make sure I'm a learner? How do I make sure, you know, I'm a person who's looking to iterate? So, you know, like I really tried to, de to, to develop those skills, um, you know, like myself to make sure that, you know, I, um, you know, like that, that, you know, like I'm fully confident in like how I'm going to contribute to any particular situation that comes up, even if like maybe, you know, people might you know, not have seen other people look like me in, in some of the roles I, I've been in, or maybe not, not as many. And I think that, like, you know, for people who are looking to kind of, you know, make that transition in tech, you know, I think that, you know, you might encounter situations where, yeah, people don't necessarily understand your experience. But I think that, like, you can still bring that experience to bear to really make an impact at, at an organization. And you should. And that's like, a, I think of that as almost like, a superpower mm -hmm. and, you know, and something where you can contribute even more to an organization than if you didn't have, you know, some of those, you know, whatever that particular background or experience, um, you know, might be. So. I love the way that you put that, by the way, I really love the way that you put that. Um, before we wrap up, I would love to hear if you have any parting words of wisdom for our community um, you've had such a fascinating career. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation as I'm sure just by reading the, the, uh, the chat here that everyone has, would you be able just to share a parting word of wisdom with our, with our breakline community? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, that just in my interaction with people who've been, you know, part of other searches, a part of other career transitions is that like, and, you know, even myself, I, you know, like when I was trying to get my first law firm job and things like that, you know, I got a ton of no's, you know, you're going to get a ton of times when people tell you no, and you always hear this cliche, you really only need one yes, you know, like you can get a thousand of those no's. So like really finding, you know, like, okay, you know, you almost need this bit of, this bit of, um, you know, the ability to kind of like compartmentalize you like, okay, I'm going to go all in on this opportunity. I'm going to do everything I can. And like, you know, I'm going to get to that point where I've done everything I can. And like, maybe it comes through, maybe it doesn't, but then I'm going to do the same thing again. And then I'm going to do the same thing again, you know, for every different opportunity with the same passion um, until you get, until you get to the yes that kind of gets you in the door. And so like, don't pay attention to the no, iterate from the nose, you know, but like, don't internalize the nose, like, like, you know, keep chasing the yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode in the Breakline Arena. 
We hope that you're walking away feeling a little inspired, a little bit moved, and feeling as if you learned something. I tell you what, if you enjoy what you heard today, we only need you to do one of three things. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe, and if it really touched your spirit, go on review and rate this episode. It would mean a lot to us. It helps us get the word out there. Um, it helps us continue to share this great content. Uh, and most importantly, we just love to hear what, you, what you'd have to say about uh, some of the content that we're putting out there. So um, please join us again next Tuesday here in the Breakline Arena. Once again, my name is Kenny Vaughn, and I am signing out from the Breakline HQ with my partner in crime. Sophia Bodwin, we will see you guys next week.